0: It's the Locked on Flyers podcast for Wednesday, April 20th, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that is trying really hard not to make a 420 joke. But there, I just did it. Sorry.
1: I mean, I heard Hall and Oates five times tonight. It's five times too many.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's get this show going. You're Locked on
1: Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers.
0: Hello, once again, I am Rachel Donner, you can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with my co host Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at sportsology. Thanks for making lockdown flyers your first listen every day you can follow us on Twitter at lockdown flyers keep up to date on all of our episodes and the flyers news. You can also email us at lockdown at gmail.com. Of course, we are going to talk about last night's loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. We're going to get into some mailbag questions, lots of good stuff today. Lockdown Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So subscribe and you'll get all of our episodes here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. All right, Russ, uh, we were a little nervous about last night's game when we talked about it yesterday, just because the Leafs have so much depth beyond Austin Matthews that him being out just really wasn't going to be an issue. No. And sure enough, that was the case. Uh, I think Nylander more than made up for it.
1: He did, and we talked about how he has success against the Flyers, and that's not going to change. Uh, the, probably the worst stat I've seen – all year, I want to say all year, yeah, and it's really in a long time that when the Flyers are down by two goals, they're 037 and one, something to that degree, which is in- which is incomprehensible.
0: Yeah, I was going to bring this up a little bit later, but now that you've brought up that specific point, let's talk about pulling the goalie because. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, the Flyers have been absolutely atrocious at it this season where they they have been so bad at maintaining possession of the puck that they don't even have control well enough half the time that the goalie goes to the bench. And in this case, you know, I think they sort of had control, but they were up against the boards and lost it easily because, again, the Leafs have more jump and are going to win those board battles anyway. And so it was like an easy empty netter. And so, you know, my question is, is if you're down by two, I understand if you're down by one, you know, there's an obligation to pull the goalie to at least make an attempt. But for this team at this time, down by 2 like what does pulling the goalie do for you
1: i mean it's just like it, it's like a hail mary and you know that the odds of that are slim so i get what you're saying it's almost just like i don't know like another nail in the coffin like you're just the minute you do it you're almost putting the players through the stress that they don't want to be put through cuz most of the mm-hmm. time they're not successful it's an interesting thought i don't i don't think you'll ever see a coach do something different but it is—it's—it's it's an interesting thought because of the mental wear down that it does.
0: Yeah, I mean, what does that do emotionally for this team, especially again these kids who were trying to get you know some intel on how they're playing? I mean, I guess you know if you want to see them be dejected, this is a good chance to do it. Right. But I just—I'm just having trouble with seeing the point in pulling the goalie when you're down two.
1: It's a fair thought. It's a good thought to have. I mean, it's a different thought.
0: And the thing about this game, too, is that, again, much like the last game against the Leafs, they started out okay. I mean, they held the Leafs to no shots on goal during two power plays, which Mm -hmm. was really, uh, you know, a strong showing. They had plenty of shots on goal. Just, I think Campbell had a a really good game for the Leafs. He did. Like we talked about yesterday, that he's been playing a lot better recently. But, I mean, obviously, the pivotal moment in this game was Wayne Simmons just absolutely destroying Keith Yandel on the Jason Spezza goal.
1: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even a blown tire. It was like the whole bottom fell out of the car. Like, it was just, I, I don't know what to say. I, I, I do know what to say. It looked like me skating the few times <laughs> I've played defense trying to cover anybody. I mean, it's embarrassing. It's everything you want to, you know, I got texts on on, uh, tweets on that play. Like, it's just some of this play that we're seeing is not NHL level play. And, you know, that's where fans really have a right to be mad at this organization, because it's one thing saying, okay, look, we're just, you know, kind of running out the string. But. When you're a team that's not trying to tank and you're just embarrassing yourselves in games, you know, that's when you feel, you feel for the fans you do.
0: Yeah. I I think that that's, A big difference between a team like this and maybe some other teams, you know, you look at maybe Detroit, I would say more Mm -hmm. the last year than this year, but they're a team that obviously had a plan in place and everybody knew they were going to lose a whole bunch of games. Right. And, but they were building towards something. This is just like the bottom fell out of this team. And so when things like that happen that are emblematic of what was wrong with the team this season, I think that entire play. Uh, Was everything, not everything, but a lot of things wrong with the team this season where you had Yandel just getting completely destroyed on a play. You had a quick pass across in the slot burning them on the goal itself. You had them being slow to get to defensive positioning. I mean, that's like, that's a ton of what the Flyers have been doing wrong this season. And just to see it in that fashion, I think was a little disheartening.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, Martin Jones had a really good first period. Like he, he was holding mm-hmm. him into it. He was mad when that second goal went in. Cause he knows it's game over at that point. And, you know, he's probably thinking like for who, for what, that's an old Ricky waters thing with the, uh, with the Eagles Eagles fans would like that. But the, it's just, you feel for the goalies because the goalies know if they don't play a perfect game, chances are they're not winning. And, and, They're the ones that suffer the most mentally, honestly, out there. They do, because no matter what, they're facing the tough shots. No matter what, they're doing all they can, and there's really nothing they can do short of a shutout.
0: Yeah, and especially when it's not their fault, they're not going to get benched. And so they can't even take a mental break out of this game. No, it's just – They're just kind of stuck.
1: And we know, look, they're pros. They get paid a lot of money, but they're humans. Like, again – This season's going to be hard to turn the page. It is. Guys that are on this team next year are still going Mm -hmm. to be answering questions about this season next year. They will.
0: And probably the year after, if we're being honest. Yeah. So, unfortunately, you know, when it rains, it pours. Sometimes uh, Kevin Connaughton was injured in this game, and it's a lower body injury. We don't have details as of recording But uh, it's apparently such that he'll probably miss, I would say, the rest of the season, but um, at least a few games.
1: Yeah, at least a few games. So they'll have to call up somebody and, you know, here we go again. We could go through the, you know, the carousel of who should be called up. Uh, You had a good idea, though. You were thinking, why, Wiley Because um, why, why not give him a reward? Because... Like we've talked about all year, he's a guy that's made a lot of, you know, good jumps in his play. And really at the beginning of the year, I had zero expectations for him. And I feel like he's he's had a nice season. So, you know, it would be a nice reward for him.
0: I think so. And he scored. Last night for the Phantoms in their overtime loss to Providence, it was his yep. fifth goal of the season. So, and he's been a much more active presence in their lineup. We, you know, we've been talking about him for the past several weeks in our uh, Phantoms wrap up that we do on Tuesdays on the show. And I think that, you know, why not? Why not at this point?
1: Well, you know, I, I think soon this will become the Locked on Royals podcast and we will. <laughs> We're going to start talking about successful teams again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we do have five games left in the Flyers' season. Very possible they could lose it out. That would be a an eleven-game losing streak. So that would be three ten or more. That's hard to do. Think, in just the think season. about that. Yeah. That is
1: really hard to do.
0: Well, right now we're at six, and looking at the remaining games, you know, I could maybe say the Flyers have a chance against. I don't know. Chicago the Habs they have a shot but the Habs like have been showing up recently and
1: it'll depend if Carey Price yeah. is in there or not and how he's looking after yeah. like that'll be like his fifth start maybe something like that
0: lots of questions going into this offseason and hoping we can at least get a couple more answers in the next five games we'll be answering your questions coming up next <laughs> With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh cuts back on time spent in the kitchen with meals ready in about 30 minutes or less. Plus, they've got quick and easy meals, including 20 minute recipes, low prep, and easy cleanup options, and provide an even faster route to putting food on the table. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, including veggie, fit and wholesome, family friendly, and gourmet options, providing plenty of variety. I love using HelloFresh because you always get something that tastes incredible and is just the right amount of food for two people, or I've got a meal for myself and leftovers for the next day. Go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16, use the code LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and the code LockedOn16. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Russ, we are diving in to ye old Locked on Flyers mailbag, and uh, we've got some good ones today. There's one which we're going to get to first, since we just missed it in last week's mailbag episode in terms of getting the question in on time, so we want to make sure we get to it. And this comes from at martinml89. Do you think that Fletcher will have interest in a Besser or Miller move for a Proveroff or Sanheim considering the Canucks need defensive help?
1: I don't think the Canucks will move JT Miller. I, I think either. that was, that was you know, discussion very early in the season when Rutherford took over. And that was a while ago. They have moved off of that. Uh, the Flyers can't afford Brock Besser, even if they get rid of Provorov, because he's going to be an RFA. And he's going to be an RFA that's going to make around 7 million bucks or more. That gets them back into that area where it's like, what are you doing? Like, I get that he might be a younger player. He has had some injury problems. He's definitely a goal scorer. I wouldn't do it. I think that's a minefield.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And and you just kind of look at it and your point about what his potential salary would be is a good one because to me – Besser at, you know, a $7 million-ish cap hit is not worth more to me than Provi or Sandheim at their current cap hits.
1: Right. And that's what you have to look at.
0: Yeah. I think ultimately that's, you know, what the what the situation is with the Canucks. Now, like we were talking about last week, would I consider trading Proveroff or Sandheim if the situation was better on the other end with the trade partner? Absolutely. It's not like I'm not willing to trade those guys. I just think the value of what you'd be getting in return from the Canucks doesn't align with moving either Provi or Sandheim. All right. The next question, uh, aside from Johnny Goudreau, are there any obvious free agency targets for the Flyers?
1: Well, again, they can't afford Johnny Goudreau. He's going to make 10 million bucks.
0: Right. Or, that's or why we're not. That's why the question <laughs> is aside from John. I know. Zero. I know. But
1: I just have to answer it, though, because <laughs> no, it's true. It's other true. fans are thinking it. Even Nazim Khadri, who they may go after, is going to cost like seven and a half, eight million dollars. Like, I, I think they are interested in him to answer the question. And I think it's lunacy to sign him to answer the question.
0: Yeah, I think so. Now, I have some like potential targets, but I just don't think they would necessarily consider signing with the Flyers, right? And I I think that the Rangers have some interesting guys going into free agency like Cop and maybe even Ryan Strom would be an interesting target and
1: even Ryan Strom and and he's done really well with the Rangers. Uh, I think Panarin is a part of that, but he's, but he's performed well in yeah. the power play. You're talking six, six and a half million. I, know. I, I don't think he's worth that.
0: And that's the thing is like, I think for most of the guys that would be bigger impact players for the Flyers, I don't think the Flyers can afford that this year i i just i just don't think so now are there some potential like fourth line-ish guys that i might consider um you know at the tail end that we could target as opposed to just waiting for leftovers maybe if evan rodriguez looks like he's healthy he's a good fourth line option i think that might be out there um yeah
1: rodriguez is good he is going to be looking for a raise that the biggest but not a huge raise not i think it would be worth it Yeah, I mean, I I think he might be worth it. Cop would be getting a big raise, too. And Mm -hmm. I I think he'll probably see how the Rangers do do and and go from there. But the the Flyers have to be careful because really anybody they get on the market is going to cost them more than what it would have replaced in, like, a trade. And so you you can't really go full-on shopping this offseason. They might. They might go get one big player, but they probably shouldn't.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there all right next question what is one thing the flyers could do that would make you confident they were heading in the right direction
1: the one thing they could do it's a good question because i think there's a lot of things i i would say they would have to get the right coach that's the first thing and if i feel like they have the right coach that would give me you know about 30 percent confidence back so i think that's probably the first step in the right direction is getting the right coach and seeing if that coach could have an impact on the AHL level too. Cause if not, as far as me, who he might want to bring in, you know, to coach down there, that's the biggest thing. So that would be probably the best thing they can do to, to show me something and they're going to do it, but will they do somebody who I think is the right guy moving forward? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, before making any moves, if Chuck Fletcher or Dave Scott or whoever gets up and says, we're taking an integrated approach to this offseason, where everything will be done in concert with everything else we're doing, including our coaching, hiring, search, and all of that, I think that would be a good sign. Obviously, we would need some evidence that they were actually doing it in a you know in their first couple of moves but i think speaking to it would be a good sign and i think that you're right like the coaching hire is going to be huge
1: it's massive because there's, there's almost nothing else they should do until they get this coach
0: yeah and i think who that coach is and what their approach is like even if it's an old school coach but they say things like i'm wanting to head in a different direction than maybe I have in the past because this team warrants that Mm -hmm. strategically, like as long as they're saying the right things and they're not kind of falling back on what they've done in the past um, necessarily, I think going kind of old school again, this is just me assuming they're going to hire torts and make me angry, but no,
1: I get it. But let's say they even bring in Jim Montgomery, right? Jim Montgomery is a good coach. He had some issues. He knows how to coach. I know him from, from college days and then, you know, his early coaching here in the NHL. But he's going to have to be okay with certain things the way they are on the roster, because there's not going to be anything you can do about it. And that's, that could, you know, push some coaches away. Like, Hey, um, we're not really going to be able to play the way I want to play with this roster, the way it is. And I know you don't have much flexibility. So that's going to be an issue.
0: Yeah. I agree with you there. All right. Would you re-sign Martin Jones to another one-year deal for next season?
1: No, because I need to save that money. You know, Sandstrom's going to be my backup, and I've got to put that money elsewhere. Martin Jones, you know, he did okay. He was going to be three goals a game every game. Uh, Sandstrom may be the same, but he'll do Mm -hmm. it for less.
0: Do you think Martin Jones would take less money for next year?
1: I think he might. But again, I'm advancing the ball if I use Sandstrom. I'm just putting a band-aid on it if I get Jones.
0: All right. That's uh you heard it here first huh. on Russ's goaltending decisions there. Yeah, I I think if he took significantly less money, I might do it. Uh but I also think Sandstrom needs to be able to compete as well. So right. that there's kind of a conflict there. All right. We have more questions coming up next, but first we are going to hear about our friends at Built Bar.
1: We've been talking about Built Bar for a long time on this show, and by now you know how much we love them. But Built has more than protein bars. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors yummy, cinnamony, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. All built bars, including those puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. Go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. They have so many delicious flavors like mint brownie, raspberry, and cherry barcia. New for this month, caramel almond delight. New flavors coming out all the time. At Bilt Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first and then figure out how to make it healthy. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at
0: Bilt.com. All right. We've got some more questions coming up right now. And, you know, looking forward to the offseason, the first one is, are there any players on this flyers team that are untouchable in terms of trading them? I mean, obviously there's a couple of guys with, um, no trade or no move, but assuming everybody is available to trade, is there anybody that you wouldn't?
1: I mean, Carter Hart would be the only one I wouldn't. Other than that, I'm open to listening on everybody and I'm opening, I'm open to going back to said players with no moves and other things to see if they're willing to go. Uh, you're only going to get better if you if you look at everything. You can't decide that players are untouchable when you're a bad team. Like that, to me, if you want to keep the goalie, you can make an argument, hey, he's a young goalie, he'll be around for the next time we're good, and, and that makes sense to me, and so that's why I include him.
0: Yeah, I think the only other guy that I would consider putting on that list, and again, I'm not 100% there with it for the reasons that you just talked about, But it's Joel Mm Farabee. I think that he is the one kind of younger forward that I'm very invested and want to see how far his career goes with the Flyers. I would hate to see him go somewhere else (laughs) and be successful. No,
1: I would, too. I mean, I I really did love him in the draft. I, I like him as a guy. But if for some reason he's in like a multiplayer deal, I have to consider it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think I would consider it, but I think he's the closest of anybody yes. on the team I'm right now that. that I might add to that list. But yeah, right now it's just Carter Hart. All right. Because as we know, the Flyers are not in the playoffs. Who would you bandwagon in the playoffs?
1: Uh Florida Panthers. I mean, I was bandwagoning the Florida Panthers before the Giroux trade. Now because of the Giroux trade, that makes it even better. Uh, they're definitely the team. They're 10-0 and 0 in their last 10. They're everything the Flyers aren't. They're four goals a game team. They're exciting to watch. I've been watching a lot of bad games this year. If I could switch off the Flyers and trade that for the Panthers, that's an upgrade for my eyes.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately the Panthers are one of the most fun teams in the NHL to watch. I think that They just provide so much entertainment. They've been able to come back in a lot of games recently from being down. They had a 10 game winning streak which is you know, something that Flyers fans are not familiar with in any way, shape, or form. Losing
1: streak, yes.
0: Yes, losing, yes, not winning. Um, I think I'm also interested in the Avalanche and the Flames, I think, are my two Western teams that I'm most interested in. Ultimately, I think I just want the Stanley Cup Final to be competitive and fun, and yeah. however we get there is fine by me. I would hate to see the New York Rangers get into the Stanley Cup finals just because I'm bitter okay. but I think that I don't know I might be interested to see what they can do in a playoff situation for science but I, I don't necessarily want them to win whereas a team like Florida like I, I'm excited to see them play and would want them to win
1: I mean, I can tell you, the uh, you because know, I've covered, uh, Stanley Cup at MSG is a great atmosphere. It but, really
0: is. I have been to many playoff games at MSG.
1: Yeah. Um, as far as the West, though, I'll, I'll still stick with the Minnesota Wild like I did preseason. I uh, love Kaprizov. There's a lot of guys I like. Zuccarello is always fun to watch. Flurry is a guy who I've, I've had many, many, many conversations with and have all the respect for. It. And he's fun. So it'd be easy for me.
0: Yeah, that's uh, not a bad choice there as well. All right, next question: Do the Flyers have enough goaltenders in their system, or should they draft more this year?
1: They don't have enough goalies. Uh, it's become evident this year, as a matter of fact. And that, even if you bring back Pat Nagel, they don't have enough goalies. You got to remember, you never know when you're going to be in another situation where it's a, it you know it's a pandemic. And all of a sudden Mm -hmm. you have to have three goalies on a taxi squad again. I'm not willing to say that that's never going to happen again. So based on that, based on the goalies they have, I would try and hold on to every goalie they have right now. And I would draft at least one in this draft and one in the next draft, because you never know who's going down with an injury. You never know, like, Fedotov, if he could even come over, because based on what's going on in Russia, he just may not be able to get here. So how many years Mm -hmm. will that take? For things like that, I have to look at it. And look, you don't want to bring up like a a junior caliber goalie into the NHL, but if you remember, on an emergency basis, the Vegas Golden Knights did that with Dylan Ferguson. He came up for a couple games because they had nobody else.
0: I think for the Flyers... They have a couple of guys that are just question marks in terms of are they coming over to North America from, right. you know, Eastern Europe. So I think that's a, a big part of the problem is that they've drafted guys who are now question marks. And so it is Ivan Fedotov even going to consider coming over to North America at this point? And, and can he? We don't know yet.
1: Yeah, we don't know. He's having a good – he's one of their best goalies, so he's right. going to get offered millions in a paper bag too. Like Exactly.
0: He's exactly. So I think that's where the problem is. I don't think they're, they've necessarily strategically done anything wrong to get to this point. No,
1: but they just don't have enough. Exactly. It, it's just a fact.
0: Exactly. And, you know, for me, I think the Flyers should ultimately even – you Know pick somebody slightly earlier in the draft at goaltender mm-hmm. than maybe they would have otherwise, like third, fourth round.
1: I mean, I could tell you a third rounder who I've interviewed, uh, Ty Brennan plays for uh, Prince George, uh, that's where McClennan is also, yep. right? Yeah, uh, so they're teammates, so you could get uh, the inside dope from you know, from one of your prospects there, but uh, he's the number one ranked North American goalie, he's young, he's just you know sort of coming into his own he's not quite there yet but he's got the mentality and he's got the frame and so that's the kind of guy yeah if you could get him in the third round i would do it
0: exactly all right last question do you think overall this upcoming free agency season will be competitive and interesting relative to recent years
1: competitive as far as for what the flyers do or just in general? in general in general in general i think it will be uh the cap's going up a million bucks so everybody could at least shop for one more player uh with they when they do things i think there's um some big names that'll be out there look flurry will be out there as an example if he still wants to play uh we might find that uh like you said maybe andrew Cop goes out there uh we will see uh Riley Smith out there from Vegas, because I don't think they'll have the money to to reel him back in. So there's, there's going to be some good players out there and I do think it'll be active because I also think that Seattle will get involved because they have money.
0: Yeah. yeah. And they'll have cap space. Yeah. they have
1: cap space. So I think, you know, they'll start making a few moves to try and get out of the gutter and and, and the bottom of the league. And and Matty Beniers is already heading them in that direction, but they need more help. So yeah, I think it'll be uh, very active and competitive.
0: I think so too. But to your earlier question about it, I'm, I don't think the Flyers are going to be a huge part of it. But no. but I do think it'll be a fun uh, free agency period coming up this summer.
1: I mean, it could be really boring for the Flyers. If they decide they don't want um, someone like Nazem Kadri and are going to be uh, kept mindful, they may just re-sign some of the guys they have, like Seeler and Connaughton and you know, maybe get a bottom six kind of guy and call it a day. Like they just, especially if they know Ryan Ellis is coming back, they may, they may just do something like that. We, you know, we don't know.
0: We don't, hopefully we'll find out uh, sooner rather than later what their strategy is, but that'll do it for the mailbag for today. Wrapping up with a Flyers fun thing. Lou Nolan apparently plays the kazoo. According to uh, the Flyers TikTok account. And so they put out a, uh, a cute little a video. But you don't have to uh, take lessons. Him.
1: You don't have to take kazoo it's lessons. It's true.
0: It's true. Like I took
1: clarinet lessons, and that is not easy. Like with the high octaves and everything, kazoo, you could pretty much fake it.
0: I know my perspective is all skewed because my father plays seven instruments, probably yeah, more that's, than seven, that's actually, crazy. That's in, crazy. including the clarinet. So I am constantly and did awe you say that, that to make
1: me feel inferior because I could yeah. only play well, one of the seven? Honestly, yeah, you kind of did.
0: Everybody, uh, I, I think, would feel inferior next to my dad and his musicianship. But there you go. That being said, <laughs> um, I, I did enjoy the little video of Lou Nolan playing the kazoo. All right. That'll do it for today's show. We will be back again tomorrow. The Flyers will be facing the Habs. We will talk about that. And we'll do our Thursday prospect profile. This time, Kevin Korczynski of the Seattle Thunderbirds in the WHL. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R-Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M.
1: I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y.
0: You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day.